Welcome back to the T-Druff, the Film Buff Podcast. This is episode 55. Um, it's been, I don't know, it feels like it's almost been a month. I think it has almost been a month since the last episode. We're going to try to make this more consistent thing, and I'm going to try to make myself not say, and then it not be a more consistent thing. Uh, but no matter, we're here for another episode. It's honestly the reason, it feels like the really the reason why I haven't done this week to week is that there just isn't, there just, without the consistent movie theater release every week, it doesn't feel as fresh. It doesn't feel as necessary, which is annoying because I'm still watching plenty of things. Honestly, not as much as I thought it would be during quarantine, but I'm still watching enough things to have episodes week to week. And there's certainly enough news to have uh, episodes week to week as I'm listening to Snyder Cut episodes with, with Jeff Snyder every week and he's always going over an hour with his content and that's honestly what i model my podcast after pretty much is the way he does his shows um so as i look to see what mia is eating in the kitchen right now uh anyway it's gonna cover a bunch of stuff um probably won't be a long episode doesn't really matter anyway let's go to the first topic and really what the the center point topic of was the last time I did one of these episodes, and that was before the White Sox hired a new manager and directly after they fired Ricky Renneria. They have hired Tony LaRusso as their new manager. You know, I've gone back and forth on this over the last couple weeks, and I've honestly nearly convinced myself that this may be, in fact, a good idea. I I don't know how I got to that point. Um, I don't really even necessarily have good reasons as to why I think it's a good idea. I think my mind is just trying to bring the positives this is, to this situation. Like, I get it. I know if you put Luis Roberts, uh, Tim Anderson, and Eloy Jimenez's age together, you are either barely getting to Tony LaRusso's age or not even coming close. Like, it's still years off. And that's crazy. Um, Mia, what are you eating in there? Hey. Anyway. I I think we just have to look past the age part of this. Like... There's going to be a generational gap. There's going to be an adjustment on both sides. But ultimately, the guy is is one of baseball's finest managers to ever sit in the dugout, right? Is this old man love between uh, you know Jerry Reinsdorf and, and Tony LaRusso? Of course it is. Of course this is like him trying to redeem himself for what Hawk Harrelson cost um, the team potentially in the mid-'80s. Of course. Of course it's all that. But at the same time, like, would A.J. Hinch have been a better fit? Maybe. But we're really not going to know until they hit the field, until we get the feel from Tim Anderson and, and all the other young guys, how this thing's working. And and I, I, for some reason, for some reason, I have confidence. I don't know why. I just kind of think that this may work. Again, I just don't. I don't even have reasons. I just... I just get this vibe that it's it's going to turn out okay. Anyway, so that was the first you know major thing I wanted to hit on. Even though this is majority uh, or majorly a, a movie and television podcast, um, it's worth mentioning because that's my team. It's my team. Anyway, let's look at. Oh, I think it's a Netflix movie actually. One of the best cast I've ever seen for a big film of late, and that's a. Uh, Adam McKay's upcoming Don't Look Up, 
Uh, it's a comedy, of course. I'm, I'm sure it'll be a satire. It's about a pair of astronauts that try to warn everybody on Earth that a giant meteorite will destroy the planet in six months. That's an interesting plot if you're trying to look at the cast and figure out who's going to play who. Just listen to this cast, though. I mean, Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, Timothy Chalamet, Kate Blanchett, Meryl Streep, Jonah Hill, my guy Mer Matthew Perry, Ariana Grande, Kid Cudi, Himesh Patel, um, and a couple, like Rob Morgan's also in it. He's a good actor. But that's, I mean, that's quite a cast. And, and, and you know, Ariana Grande and Kid Cudi, they don't have much acting experience. Although, I think it was Kid Cudi the one that was in, no, that was Marshawn Lynch. But Kid Cudi was in, um, God, what am I thinking that he was just in recently? Um, oh, no, he was in Westworld. Okay, so it was Marshawn Lynch and Kid Cudi in Westworld. Okay, all right, and he was also, okay, I know that's probably just soundtrack. But anyway, yeah, I liked him in, in, in Westworld. I thought he was pretty good. Um, so, oh, he's also in We Are Who We Are. Okay, that's a show I've wanted to get get on with it in, in, uh, at HBO. Also, Bill and Ted Face the Music, which I still have not seen. Gosh. Um, anyway, so that's a good cast. Is I just yawn? I mean, man, gosh, you can't be yawning on a podcast. Anyway, um, I mean, if you just start with Jennifer Lawrence and Leonardo DiCaprio, that's quite a teaming there. Jennifer Lawrence, it seems like she hasn't done anything since the Red, uh, the Red Sparrow. I mean, of course, she was in Dark Phoenix, but I mean, you know, that's like contractual obligation sort of thing. Uh, you know, Red Sparrow recently with Mother and Dark Phoenix. Those are her last three movies. Not exactly the most critically acclaimed movies there. Um, so she honestly, since... Guys, I mean, if you're really looking at her resume, it's been since American Hustle and Days of Future Past that she's been in and stars in a critically acclaimed, audience acclaimed film. That's crazy. I mean, you think about the run she was on there for a while. Like, okay, let's 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 start here, right? Let's go. Winner's Bone, Oscar nominated. Like Crazy comes out a year later. She's a small part in it, but that movie's fantastic. First Class, she kicks off her franchise uh, days there. Uh, Hunger Games, Silver Linings Playbook, another Hunger Games, American Hustle, another great X Men movie. Finishes off the Hunger Games franchise. Then she's into Joy, which is an, an Oscar nominated performance. And then Passengers, which is a decent film, another X-Men film. Uh, Mother, very, very torn reviews there. Red Sparrow, I thought was a pretty good film. And then Dark Phoenix. Like, I mean, there are, it, it's just weird. Like, she needs a career shift here. It's crazy to think that she just turned 30. I mean, gosh, it feels like it was just yesterday we were talking about how she was the youngest uh, actress winning Oscar nominated actress since uh, was it Anna Anna Paquin did Paquin win I think she won for um, the piano right did she win did she win that Oscar yeah she won that Oscar so I think she was the youngest since Anna Paquin right I mean but anyway I mean that that's a fantastic cast just with those two Timothy Chalamet of course Kate Blanchett and Meryl Streep are like royalty Jonah Hill is fantastic in, in, in supporting roles which I believe this will be Another one, Matthew Perry. You love to see a guy like that in one of these movies. And Himesh Patel has been good in the last couple of things he's been in. 
um, with Tenant and, and yesterday. Uh, I didn't see the Aeronauts yet, but I will at some point. So anyway, I mean, this is good stuff. You know, good stuff. Uh, HBO gives a series order to the Jake Gyllenhaal and Denis Villeneuve series. I believe it's called The Sun. Um, so that, yeah, that's a Jake Gyllenhaal series. We don't really know much about it. It's a crime drama, which if you've seen, the, if you've seen Prisoners or The Enemy, or is it just Enemy, uh, with Jake Gyllenhaal and directed by Denis Villeneuve, they're in good hands. That project is in good hands. I got to tell you. Uh, Justin Lin announced he's directing the last two Fast and Furious movies, 10 and 11, uh, which, you know, let's just put that in quotes, the last two Fast and Furious movies. If those movies each make over a billion dollars, you bet your ass there's a 12th one, probably a 13th one eventually. Maybe they'll take a break. Maybe they'll take like a seven, eight year break. And by then, their kids in the movies will probably be teenagers. So, hell yeah, I'll welcome another Fast and Furious movie with a new breed of kids you know, at that point, maybe you have an up-and-coming, like, 14, 15-year-old actor that you can lock down for five or six movies, continue the films. Maybe Vin Diesel takes a, you know, a supporting role, like he's only there for, you know, advice. Maybe he hops in at the end to save the day, that sort of thing. The Rock is still going to be riding his Habs and Shaw waves for a while. That movie did well enough for a sequel, I believe. Let's just double-check the numbers on Habs and Shaw, because I can't remember. Did that movie gross, like, five, six hundred million? I know it cost a ton of money so okay so it cost apparently 200 million box office 759 million dollars so okay you think theaters take half that so let's cut that down to 300 and what would that be 380 million uh i believe so that's 380 million they take back 100 million dollars from marketing so they probably profited about 80 70 80 million dollars on that movie that's a good take home. That's a good take home for Universal. You bet your ass they're going to do uh, a, a sequel to that for sure. I believe Keanu Reeves was talking about being in that film. So we'll see. Uh, I just hope The Rock comes back to the main series at some point in time. Uh, Oscar Isaac is playing Moon Knight, or at least the trades are reporting that he is going to be Moon Knight. I think that's something that Marvel's going to wait to confirm for quite a while. If, if you... If, my money's on anything there uh i think i just think they've kind of spent a lot of time not confirming a lot of big casting announcements um so anyway uh let's see what else was i going to bring up there was a mcconaughey uh movie i was going to look into was it john mark belay's yeah, I was listening to McConaughey uh, on Mark Marin the other day, and I was, like, curious about this movie he brought up, Crazy. So I haven't seen this movie, and I was, okay, yeah, I definitely got to put this on my watch list. Young French-Canadian growing up in the 1960s and 1970s struggles to reconcile his merging homosexuality with his father's conservative values and his own Catholic beliefs. Sounds interesting. Got great reviews here. And Jean-Marc Vallée is an absolute visionary behind the camera, so I love, love, love his directing. Anyway, that was like a, a detour, but I just remembered that I had heard him say that I need to put this on my watch list because that was a good Mark Marin episode with McConaughey. Uh, rest in peace to Sean Connery and Alex Trebek, both recently passed away. Uh, Connery, I think that was, you know, that's of old age. I mean, Trebek also was like 80 years old, but he was battling cancer. So, you know, thoughts and, and prayers go out to them and their families. Uh, no easy transition. Uh, as well, but it's sort of on the same note. Thoughts go out to, you know, Kevin Smets and Jeff Bridges, re both recently diagnosed with cancer. 
Uh, Kevin Smets, I believe I could be wrong, is leukemia. Um, and Jeff Bridges, uh, is that colon cancer? One of them is, you know what, I'm not even going to, there's no reason for me to say it. doesn't matter. Both cancer, both terrible. Uh, and thoughts go out to, to them. They're, they're going to they're gonna fight it, and I have no doubt that both of them are going to do well. Um, again, no easy transition. Um, what am I watching? Well, I guess, you know what? I mean, is it even worth bringing up Vin Diesel's second song? Of course it is, because his second song is brilliant. It's probably better than the first song, uh, but really, there's just no reason to even talk about it because it's just that good. There's just no nothing. It's just too good to even try to put together my thoughts. No, I'm just kidding. It's just a silly dance and song. It, it, you know, put it on in the background. It's catchy as hell. You know, it's not like Vin Diesel's doing a lot of work to put that music together. I'm sure he's got a team of. Of people who are doing most of the work for him. Anyway, what am I watching currently? Well, right now I am uh, about four episodes in, I think, to I'm Sorry. It's on Netflix. That series is... I I don't know why I had never heard of this series before this year. I'm finding this series to be awesome. Um, But I had never... Like, how have I never heard of this series? Like... Andrea Savage, Tom Everett Scott. Like, I think Tom Everett Scott is an absolute treasure in this show. Uh, the, the girl, the little girl, Olive Petrucci, she's great. There's plenty of great supporting actors in it, um, including, uh, what's his name? God, he's been in so much. Yeah, Jason Mansukis. Gosh, love that guy. He's hilarious. Um, and now I'm looking at IMDb, and it's like he's only in a couple more episodes? Like, what am I missing here? Maybe they just went in a different direction. I don't know. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, that show is great. I'm rewatching Fleabag as well. Both, both those shows are very similar in their, in their tone, their humors, their humor is certainly different. Like, I'm sorry. And that's on Netflix is like, you know, raunchy, but at the same time, it is still very smart humor. Fleabag is like, it's, you sort of look at it more as very smart humor first, and that's probably just because that I'm an American watching a British show. And doesn't everything with the British accent, doesn't it kind of just sound smarter coming out of their mouths than it does out of ours? I don't know. That's probably wrong of me to say. But anyway, and that very dirty show, of course, Fleabag. Everybody knows Fleabag, though. But I'm on my third rewatch of that show. Uh, I finished The Vow on HBO a couple weeks back. That's apparently getting a second season for absolutely no reason whatsoever. They took too long to even get to the story for the first season. I think it was I think they really only needed five episodes five or six and that would have been a really really good length for that show I love the ending I, I thought they wrapped it up really really well um not a, um but no I mean like the vow the first five episodes with by all intents and purposes were excellent I mean Sarah Edmondson specifically um, but yeah, I don't know. They certainly like were leaving it up to like more. Like I don't think we needed more than than nine episodes. I don't know. You know what? I'm open to it because I love the people involved. And again, I think Sarah Edmondson, if she wants to, has a certain certainly a career in acting because the emotion that she brings out in in just talking about her story is is not something you see every day. So I know she has a lot of credits, but I don't think most people, including me, had heard about her before this documentary. Um, and even, you know, I'm not even counting out 
Bonnie, uh, Bonnie, is it PDC? Uh, she was, she was good. She's good in the show. She probably is a good actor. Um, but honestly, specifically, Sarah Edmondson is, is the, uh, is the real stud here in this group of people. Anyway, um, I finished UK's version of Criminal. Thought that show is absolutely excellent. I mean, just gripping stuff throughout the, the both seasons, but it's only seven episodes or whatever. Um, just amazing stuff there. And I really hope they do a third season. Um, I'm going to start the other criminals, like the other show, or the other countries, criminal. Spain, France, is it Germany is the other one. Uh, anyway, I'm nearing the end of season one of Dark, which every episode is like its own puzzle to, to solve. It is so well written and so well directed uh, with the music and everything. I finished The Walking Dead season 10, which is really just that one episode that came out to finish off the season just about a month ago now. Uh, that was a good good ending, but you know, again, it just feels weird with the show's wrapping up its season like six months after it was supposed to wrap up. Uh, nearing the end of season one of Outlander, I watched My Octopus Teacher on Netflix, which I thought was a touching like uh, documentary. Uh, more just like filming this guy's experience meeting this octopus every day and it going through its its life from early on to, to all the way to the end and and that was uh just very interesting i love stuff that you would never you would never guess that you'd be watching a documentary on on netflix about a guy's relationship to an octopus but it's honestly yes it can be dry at times it can be rough like getting through it, it's slow the guy's voice is not necessarily something you want to listen to for 90 minutes um but it is touching stuff and and uh yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I, I certainly enjoyed it. I rewatched The Big Sick, which I think is still one of the best comedies of the last 15 years. Shark Tank Season 12 is back. That's a favorite in the Drufke household back home. Uh, and we love watching those episodes, and I'm loving the new season. Even with its little changes, there's some really good products and good stuff there. Uh, watched The Butterfly Effect for the first time, which I thought was darker than I thought it would be. But still, a good stuff. Like, uh, Ashley Kutcher is a good actor. When he has the right material, he's a very good actor. Um, also watching The Mandalorian Season 2, of course. And, you know, like I was talking to my friend about this. Like, it just feels... That show just feels like... It's so, so, like, episodic. Like, everything... Is that even the right term? I always forget if episodic is the way I think it is or it's the way I, I think it's not. Like, what is... Okay, let's just... Let's just on the spot look up a definition of what episodic television actually is. Okay, I think I'm right. Um, uh, episodic television. Okay. Yeah, right. So serial, serialized. Right. So everything. Yeah, each episode self-contained story. This is exactly what it is. Like, The Mandalorian, every episode, he's, he's going somewhere with the child. He's got to figure something out. So he looks for help. That person also needs his help. So he helps them. And he finds something in trouble. And then by the end of the episode, he helps the person. And then he's off again. And then that's just the story. I I don't know what I'm I'm necessarily asking the show to change, because I think we already know at this point what we're getting. It just feels like there should be something more here. I don't know. I don't know really how to describe it. It just maybe it's because the child is such a central focus in the show. 
can't really picture the show without the child, but also it feels like the child is hindering the show from being something else that it might be better if it is that. I don't know. I I don't know. Anyway, it's a good season so far. It's just not, it hasn't, hasn't brought me in yet. It hasn't gripped me in yet. And I think maybe when Moff Gideon comes back, that'll do the trick. But I mean, are we even certain he's coming back for like another like three or four episodes? Like he's going to show up at the end again. It's going to be the same thing. He's probably in one episode. Same with same thing with Cara Dune, same thing with Sokotano. All that stuff. It should be one episode. What, you tease Boba Fett at the end of week one and then you don't even address him in, in episode two? Are we going to get anything in episode three? I will tell you the one thing that is brilliant with the show, Ludwig Gorenson's score. There is nothing like that score. And initially, I will tell you, initially, I was not a fan of how much it sounded like Creed and Rocky. But I love, 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 love that score. That is such a great main theme. And the music he does throughout is so good. Anyway. Uh, rewatched Halloween on Halloween, the 2018 version. That's a good movie. I kind of forgot how much it just, like, once it's over, it just ends. Like, there's no real recap to it. You think Michael Myers blew up, and then you hear the breathing and the credits. Like, okay, of course he didn't. Because, of course, there's going to be two more sequels. Uh, started watching The Undoing on HBO. That's with Nicole Kidman. Uh, really gripping show so far. Like, I can't, I can't believe I'm just using gripping so much. I never even used that term, and now I've used it, like, three times this episode. But that show is. That really... The first episode, Good. The second episode, I was like, okay, this this is the type of show I love. It's a mystery with some really just great twists and turns. Um, yeah. Oh, man. Love it. Absolutely love it. Uh, and Hugh Grant. Interesting. Interesting choice for Hugh Grant. That's all I'll say. Uh, Fleabag. I already mentioned I'm watching that show again for the third time. Rewatched Interstellar the other night. That is just as brilliant, about the 15th or 16th time I've watched that all the way through. And of course, I'm starting Game of Thrones again. Hey, listen, I will always, always take the opportunity to show somebody new that series that hadn't seen it before. And hey, the girlfriend wants to, absolutely, I will join in my 11th rewatch of that show. I mean, I'm telling you, the thrill I get out of seeing people react to some of the things that happen in that show... We're only halfway through season one right now. Mmm. I cannot wait until some of that stuff, specifically in season three, and in season four, and in season six, and really in season five too, I guess. And then, I mean, season seven, there's some great stuff, not necessarily shocking stuff that happens in season seven, and then some really twisted stuff that happens in season eight. Of course, that's the main season that's so, so divided amongst fans, but I love it. I love that show so much. Oh my gosh. Oof, God, I just, I almost forgot how great season one is. How great it is, like, looking back, it's so easy, if you just listen, it's so easy to actually follow the show. But it's just because you don't know much of the characters yet, so you're trying to focus on who you're watching first before you even hear the words out of their mouth. When you know who everybody is, they give you, I mean, so much great backstory that, you know, if you're able to, if, like, back then I was able to actually watch the show back to back without being like, okay, this is too much, then it would be so much easier to follow. Like, my God, that show is just writ written so well for just, if you just pay attention, you will get everything you need. They really lay out so much great stuff for you. Um, anyway, yeah. I could just go on. I just, I mean, 
honestly, it's like Ken Knapsack. I could just have my own Game of Thrones podcast, just talk about that show for hours upon hours upon hours upon hours, and I'll never, ever get tired of it. Anyway, that's going to do it for the T-Draft, the Phone Buff Podcast. As uh, I did last time, you know what? Actually, there's a couple other things I wrote down. These are random life updates. Not really even movie, TV updates. I bought a pack of baseball cards, baby. I do it every year. I'm excited to open them. I've got it right in front of me right now. I know. I'm 26 years old. Why am I buying a pack of baseball cards? You know what? It's fun. It feels like Christmas every time I get to open one of these. And also, I'm doing a DNA test for Mia. It's going to be very interesting to see what actual breed she is. I'm going 50% at least Labrador Retriever. Maybe some Chow Chow in there. Maybe a Beagle. Uh, maybe an Aussie, you know, maybe a little bit of Pitbull, maybe, I don't know. Anyway, as I ended episode 54, I'm going to continue to do it until this show gets brought back. Save Glow. We want Glow to be continued on Netflix. We need that show to be finished properly. We need a final season to put everything together. Please save Glow. See you next week.